This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Starts of the year, I think, if you look at our entire season, we maybe have four periods of hockey we don't like. I think we've been very consistent. You know, for all the people that love the analytics out there, I think if you look at the five-on-five, five, uh, we've, we've been the better team a lot of nights. Um, obviously, our power play gets a big one. Our, you know, PK gets a good kill late. Obviously, they got the one with two seconds left there. But, uh, you know, you you clean your specials up a little bit, and then we keep playing the way we are five on five. We're, uh, we're a dang good hockey team, and, you know, we're going to win a lot of games this year. That's the second time Mason Appleton is saying we're a dang good hockey team in a post-game uh, little availability there. Have you ever seen the movie Platoon? I have. I think Several, Mason Appleton would be great times. in Platoon. I think he would be like, well, what we got here in the DMZ is a uh, another, uh, you know, just talks the game just straight <laughs> at you. Everything's slang. Yeah. For those of you who like to dilly dabble in the this and that, this is what we got. Like it's all business. Charlie in the trees and the jungle. Well, we gotta, you know, get the fire smoke out there, and nobody can move forward until we get that those specials going. Yeah. And once we get the specials going. We look back at how we advance in our five on five, and we'll be right there. Bang, boom, bam. Yeah, he was born. Next. He was born uh, right. 30, 40 years yeah. too late. He should have been born yeah. in Nam, you know, just a war uh, paint on his face. All business kind of guy. I like yeah, it. And I the understand. accent helps to it, right? Now go <laughs> yeah. get yourself some chum. Rest up. We got a game in St. Louis tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, victory over the Arizona Coyotes 5 3. We'll really dig into the game as well. Need a need a rider, hat trick. Brendan Dillon. His first career three-pointer, I looked that up, uh, three-point game, his first career one, and first career multi-goal uh, game, and to help us take a look at it, Mitchell Clinton, Winnipeg Jets color analyst, joins us. Hey, Mitchell, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you two fine folks today? Good, Mitch. Good. Doing fantastic. Um, how- what, what were your thoughts on the game after uh, you've had a little bit of time to digest? Any Anything else come out of the post-game show? Uh, you know what, for me, mostly it was just, I, I think I'm like everybody where you look at the Winnipeg Jets five on five and they, they were quite good in that game. They just got better and better as the game went on, kind of started mm-hmm. to lean into Arizona a little bit. And once the Jets, Jets started to do that, I mean, they, they started to, to really find that, you know, they were, they were running the game. And then when it came down to it, yeah, like we couldn't always, you know, look at the numbers on, on special teams and the Jets will always say they, they need to get better at that. But I thought, they had a really big kill in the third period, and they got a really big power play goal in that game as well. And I think that is going to be just as important as we kind of push forward here uh, as anything else. We talk about how specialty teams can win games, and 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 rightfully so, like either a great killer or a couple of power play markers, uh, Mitchell. But when you're down 2 nothing, it literally can save the game. Yeah, 100% it can, and it can get you right back into it. I mean, the big power play goal that I you know remember uh, – is one of, you know, Nita writers where he just goes to the net, the timing's perfect and away they go. And I remember saying on the air, because I believe the Jets were trailing three, two at the time. And I said, well, here's your, here's your opportunity. This is your big chance. Yes. You're, you're dominating at five on five, but you know, when you get an opportunity like this to really keep the momentum and grab it right back from Arizona, who had taken it on a power play goal, their own, you know, it's just felt like one of those points in the game where this is okay. We're a really good five on five team, but we need, we need special teams to, to step up for us here. And that's exactly what, what it did. And, and I mean, who else, but, you know, Niederreiter who seems to be, you know, in every goaltender's kitchen right now and finding ways to get a lot of pucks to the net. And he just went to the net, perfect pass back to the net. What's that line doing well right now with, with Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton? Everything. 
Yeah. You want me to expand on that? Well, I guess. <laughs> if you if you like to, you don't are, have to. What are they doing wrong? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All right. Next question. What do you got? Do you yeah. have another question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what, guys? Like they've just been so good. I think you know you st- it starts in the defensive end, like it like it does. You know, I think anytime you're playing with Adam Lowry, that's the kind of responsibility that he wants. He wants to go up against some of the best in the National Hockey League, and then. So you go to your defensive zone where Lowry was, you know, 15 out of 20 in face-offs against Arizona. So that's one thing. They're kind of starting with the puck more often than not with the way that Lowry's been in the face-off dot. And he takes a lot of pride in that. And then, so they're able to get the puck out pretty efficiently in their own zone. And then the best way to play defense is play in the other team's end, right? And it just yeah. seems they're able to get uh, the pucks down deep and then they just go to work. All this stuff is just below the dots, you know, from like the near side post into the corner and then below the faceoff dot. They are just so much to handle. And, you know, I re- retweeted a stat today from uh, Mike Kelly at SportLogic, just the, the cycle chances that they're generating is, you know, against what they're giving up is incredible. And, you know, you do that for a period, okay, you do it for two periods. Well, now you get into the third period, and you can't tell me those defensemen, even though they're elite athletes on the other side as well, you can't tell me that that's not exhausting mm-hmm. to go up against that for, for 60 minutes, especially if you know that line continues to play the way that they are. You know, you're going to be facing that all game. And they've been doing it game in, game out like for a while now. And I, it just seems one of those lines that if the, if the Jets need to turn momentum somehow – they can throw them out there and they may not necessarily score every time right now. It's definitely going for them, but what they're going to do is they're going to force the other team to play in their end for a little bit. And then you can hopefully start to roll your line a little bit and get, get, you know, some, whether it's Shifley's line, Nemestikov's line, you can get them out as well. Uh, and they can pick up on the momentum that that line's generating because it just seems every time they hop over the board, something's happening. And if you want to know those cycle chances versus uh, for and against on that line, I'll tell you after 1230, Little tease. You have to stick around. Gotta wait till twelve thirty for cycle. You're gonna have to wait until twelve thirty. Wow. There we go. Well, nobody likes to hear those numbers before lunch. So eat your dinner (laughs) while we talk with Mitchell or your lunch, and then we'll consume those numbers at twelve thirty. Along the the, how great that line has been, and and we know that like Shifley and Connor were point per game players the first four or five games uh, of the of the season, Mitch. Um, I'm looking at that second line, and and like I liked what they did on Saturday, but they're hit and miss, right? Like I, I didn't like them in Montreal. I liked them against the Rangers. Didn't like them against Vegas. Liked them Saturday. They were they were pretty good. Um, is that just some consistency that has to set in? Because as we talk about the third line so much, it's just there, right? The chemistry, the comfort, the comfortability, everything that's working there. Uh, I believe in that second line, but it just looks like they're still waiting to sort of sink into each other. Yeah, and you just wonder when that you know, they're going to have that game where it all just like blows up, you know what I mean? Because they've Mm -hmm. been so close in terms of uh, what they've been able to generate. I thought it was really good for uh, Nemesnikov against Arizona to be able to pick up the assist uh, on Brendan Dillon's first goal the way that he did. It was, I mean, it's a puck battle along the boards. And Nemesnikov, of course, not a huge guy by any stretch, but he's just going to win the battles differently than, say, a Nito Ryder is or an Adam Lowry. And he wins that puck battle, creates some space for himself and makes a play into the slot for Brendan Dillon. And, you know, I think that line has been so close on a number of those plays. They just haven't converted. Um, That all being said, you know, Cole Perfetti still has points in eight of his last 11. It just Mm -hmm. seems that, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, of course, doesn't have the the training camp. He doesn't get into a preseason game, so there's been some time for him to adjust. I think now he's at the point where he's expecting himself to – 
to contribute a little bit more than than how he is now that being said as well he's got points in three of his last five so like there's some there's some signs there that things are coming and i think all of us when we think of nikolai ehlers you know of course we think of speed but we also think of when he's at his best he's shooting the puck and i think that's something that he's probably going to focus on as we continue going forward here try to get some more pucks to the net and see what ends up happening because he does have a lethal shot and when he uses it He's, you know, I think he's one of the best, especially, you know, coming down that that strong side for him, the left side, the way that he's able to, to get the puck on net. And then Cole Perfetti, I think, is someone that is just getting better and better as these games go on. And I think it's just a matter of time for that line. Now it's going to be a challenge against St. Louis, but, you know, that's a Central Division team, and we know how important those Central Division points are. Sometimes just big game players find a way in those big games. Uh, one one final uh, thought from you, Mitchell. Mitchell Clinton, uh, Winnipeg Jets color analyst, joining us now. Um, how is everything working in terms? Because I know there was five players: Neil Pionk, John, Dominic Toninato, Dylan Sandberg, Alexei Fallon, Nate Schmidt, who flew to Minnesota uh, for the funeral of of Adam Johnson. I mean, it was it was news to me. Uh, you know, learning the news of just how close Neil Pionk and, and Adam were. I mean, uh, standing up, you know, at his wedding and, and all that sort of thing. Um, how is sort of the logistics working? I know that they're there. I, the celebration of life is today, I believe, and the private funeral was yesterday. Um, are they going to be arriving with the team uh, tonight? Um, and uh, are, are you guys still in Arizona right now? And then you're going to be headed to Missouri? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So the team will practice here in 40 minutes uh, in. Uh, in Arizona, and then we will head to St. Louis, and then I believe the plan is those five players will join the team in St. Louis a little bit later on this evening. So, uh, yeah, they'll be they'll be back, and I think this is a it's it's been really nice to to see the the outpouring of support, not necessarily just for them, but for the the family and and whatnot as well. Like it's it's just been a tough little while, and even on the post game uh, with with Neil, you know, talking about the way that he's been able to to play and you know of course there's uh, Mike McIntyre's story as well when he talked to Neil a couple of days ago here in Arizona you know just to think of the amount of stuff that is probably going through Neil Pionk's mind as you know these games are are going on and then for him to play the way that he did especially against Arizona I just Mm -hmm. thought that was that was an inspiring thing to see so you hope that the last you know day or so has been helpful for him and for the family of course and, and for all of the the Jets teammates that were affected by this but uh you i think i'm no expert when it comes to you know the the grieving process or anything but i can imagine that the having the support of your teammates the support of your team and then just being around everyone uh over the last you know let's say 24 36 hours i think will be about as helpful as anything else could be at this point yeah i i think in the article that you mentioned there uh pionk talking about just even sitting in the penalty box and it even being with him for every moment while he was sitting in there uh, I think anyone who's gone through uh, tragedy um, can certainly relate to, to something like that. Mitchell Clinton, Winnipeg Jets color analyst, uh, joining us. Mitchell, uh, take care and safe flight to St. Louis, okay? Thank you. Thanks, Mitchell. Have a great call tomorrow. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Of course, pregame at 5, puck drop at 7 tomorrow, Winnipeg Jets, St. Louis Blues, Central Division matchup. Uh, as we uh, come back, I'll, I'll give you those cycle stats. I'm gonna make you. I'm going to make you wait for them. Um, Cycle stats. Nino Niederreiter. We need an intro for that. We do. Nino Niederreiter, Brendan Dillon, Dylan DeMallo, some real, you know, guys that have really showed up so far early on this uh, this season as UFAs. Uh, yes, no, resign. We'll talk about that when we come back as well. The Vegas Golden Knights finally suffer a defeat 
And it came from a team I never saw coming. Well, as Tony Montana said in Scarface, every dog has its day. We'll be right back. That wasn't very. Was that a British accent? I didn't no, I do, thought it was Cuban. It's, it's not, not good, Cuban. Though. Well, was well, Cuban. I I got it though. Like, uh, I've I shouldn't do accents. You know, no you problem with it. just I th- you you did better than you think. Every dog has its day. A little better. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's, uh, you got it. I'll just stop. You got it. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. This is interesting. I mean, I'm I'm a Cubs fan, but it seems like the Cubs are making a move here at manager uh, and MLB baseball hiring Craig Councils and their next manager. I wasn't, I saw that. That's per Ken Rosenthal with The Athletic. You're a Cubs Uh, fan. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, that's interesting. I didn't hear that David Ross was let go. You know what a worse move is than taking your catcher the day he retires and put him in as manager for the guys he just finished catching Mm -hmm. as is hiring somebody before you fired him for that job. Like, what is going on here? I I like Ross. I do. So do I. I I liked him him as a player. I think he knows and how to manage. But how you take a guy who literally just caught hat that staff and put him in charge of that staff... And then the only worst move of that is when it doesn't work out, you hire somebody before you've actually fired him. Well, well and now that news comes up. Well, what happened to, and as the, as the season got late, he kind of put himself into a corner uh, in terms of managing the bullpen. He had to keep bringing guys out time and time again. These guys are pitching two innings a night and they couldn't get those big outs late. And if they didn't get six innings from the starter, uh, they were they were getting into big trouble there, and so I I think that cost his job, and I think it's a good move for the organization. I think they have to move on from this them. is also I a stupid move, right? Like, uh, well, it's Craig yeah. Council's going a, an hour down the interstate to do the division rival Cubs now. Yeah, the Brewers should hire Ross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was I was kind of sitting around. I was kind of hoping that he wouldn't. I just I back, look. But. I'm all for like. Um, athletes going right into coaching or managing or whatever. Yeah. But if he would, I don't even think it's a great move if he would have retired and then he became the manager of another team. Like I, I think the Cubs could have very easily made him a, a coach and, and a year or two. And then when this manager didn't work out or if it did or whatever, then promote him to manager now. And he'd be distance enough from his playing days that I just don't know how you like he, and he's a catcher, right? I, I, so he, he literally has to to pull guys, talk yeah. to guys, manage a pitching staff that he literally just caught six months prior. He, you know, and the and the well, that and that's a great point too. I think he was just so uh, well liked and respected within yes. the organization, from player uh, to staff members, down from the ticketing agents all the way to the top. And I thought that, and I, and I and I believe that the organized the Cubs thought as an organization that he would grow into the role. Um, and as things as last season, I mean, they missed. Look at how they missed the playoffs by yeah. a game. And it's not on him. You're not going to say no to that. You're not going to retire from playing. And somebody goes, "Do you want to manage?" And hey. like, okay, yeah, you want to manage? Yeah, well, here's the here's the organization. Here's the Chicago Cubs. We're gonna have um, to get back to hockey here. But the other yeah. problem of this is is why is Don Manley not the manager of the Blue Jays? Oh God, you got to open up this can. Like I just, oh. I don't, I don't, and I'm not knocking I, John Schneider, but if there's ever a team that needs a veteran presence <laughs> that demands respect from a young core, and I, I agree with the hiring of him coming on, 
to help Schneider, but somebody's got to somebody's got to grab somebody's got to take there. that over and go. This is the way it is. And it's got to be a guy like Mattingly who's like, oh, you don't believe me? Then you're the problem. I, I know after 162 games during the course of a season, right, 64, you look back and you see, you look at those two playoff games against the Twins in Minnesota and you see exactly what was wrong with that organizer. With, with the team. Like and, not have and done that. Just, just the, 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 the mental errors, the base running mistakes. Yes. They don't uh, know the how fact to play that you, the fact that you can't get a run unless it leaves the ballpark. I mean, all those things were all adding up over the course of the season, and it's what came to bite him in the butt. Anyways, 204-780-6868. I'm with you. Cycle 100%. stats. Yeah, I'm with you too. I've... Cycle stats. Cycle stats. Cycle stats. Uh, Lowry line saw this on. I saw this one on Twitter, and then uh, uh, Mitchell Clinton, who uh, color analyst uh, with the Winnipeg Jets, was uh, joining us, and he also uh, uh, teased this up for me. So here it is. Here's the cycle stats. Okay. Uh, so goals and against eight goals for one goal against cycle changes 19 to three. Wow. 19 to three. And then expected goals, 76.9% uh, versus 23.1. But it's, it's been absolutely dominant. And, you know, Kelly Moore here on 680 CJOB did his Jets report, uh, zeroing in on neither need a rider and uh, an extension going there. And it kind of made me start to think, and you, you'll hear it again at, at 225 on, on, on the Jim Toth show coming up here and then later on the news as well. Um, you don't need a rider. One year left as a UFA, $4 million bucks. Uh, what kind of contract... Would you? This is this is when Nino Niederreiter wants to, and the report from Scott Billick and the Winnipeg Sun. His agents in town. Yeah. They're, they're, this week he's they're, there's conversations. Back. Yeah, there's conversations going on. This is when he wants to strike. This is his opportunity. What kind of deal? What kind of? What kind of? Um, what do you foresee for something like this? Well, we credit to you. You brought it up. We talked about this about three, four weeks ago. Yeah. When we talked, you know, when we talked about it when Shifley and Hellebuck signed. And then the season started, and and um, they both, um, especially Shifley, was leading the way in the goals and stuff. And we said, man, this as a third line started the season just as good as they are right now. Yeah, we brought this up. We were like, man, if I'm the Jets, I, I think there's always a team out there that's going to give him. As we said about a month ago or three mm-hmm. weeks ago, I think there's always a team out there that's going to look at this and give Nito Niederreiter five to six million. Probably over three years. Yeah, the Jets, in my opinion, have to go four or five. It's going to be about term, and if uh-huh. they can go four and a half to five on this, four would be amazing. But if you yeah. go four million, it's got to be five years. I think it's going to have to be five years, and I'm going to go into my time machine, Jim. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, just pressing the buttons here. I'm jumping Flux into my time machine. Hold on, and this is going to sound like uh, I'm just leaving, but I'm going to come right back. I'm just going back into time. Don't touch those dilithium crystals. No, I won't. Okay, they're hot. Okay, Go ahead. I'm, I'm back. Okay. I'm back. Uh, people would be complaining. Did I, look, did I lose weight in the <laughs> you future? You look fantastic. Oh, thanks, man. And by the way, you look great. Thanks. Much man, better than today. I don't know what happened to your... There's something like... I, I changed my diet. Just, just watch your yeah. watch your fingers in the Got lawnmower, active. okay? What? Hold on. I don't know. I just shouldn't have said that. What? I actually could have, you know, the butterfly effect. That actually could have been dangerous. I shouldn't have said anything. I'm never um, but I just got back and yes, people will be complaining about the contract in year five saying that it's uh, it's an issue. Yeah, I don't. I see. I don't know if you have to go five. If he wants to oh, be here, the, which fi- he does, the final year, people are going to be complaining. If you go five, I think that's going to be four. You'll you'll get, you know, 
if you go five million bucks and yeah. four. You'll get $20 million over the next five years. The fact of the matter is, is to keep Nieder Niederreiter here as a Winnipeg Jet and by all means. And here's how you just, to, and this was a conversation when I was down at, at training camp. I asked Nieder Niederreiter, he joined me with Dylan DeMello, and I asked him, will he sign an extension if the opportunity arises to remain with the Winnipeg Jets organization? Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's something which is not only on us, right? Yeah. So it's a... You focus, you go out there, you do your best and uh, hope they, they offer you a deal. And that's uh, the only thing you can control is what you do on the ice and everything else. We'll, we'll see what's going to happen. But it's uh, like I said, it always needs two to tango. So Nino at no point has uh, shied away from, the, from yeah. the question about wanting to stay here. The two to tango tells me that he wants to be here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and the two to tango comment there is like, I hope they want me to be here, too. So clearly they want him to be here. They traded for him. Um, I, I think if it's five years, I don't know. I could be wrong. It might have to be five by five and $25 million. But I do think that at 31 years old, is he? Um, it's gonna, yeah. like somebody will give him a three-year deal at, at 15 mil, maybe 18 mil. So um, I think if you can get that a little lower and give him more term. But look, Cam, if he's if he's five years and 36 years old mm-hmm. he, and he's on the fourth line by then, um then he's going to be playing with two guys that make 900000 or 770000 So that balances out, in my opinion. Just got a text from Kelly. He says, oh, we were talking about David Ross, the Chicago Cubs. David Ross retired after the 2016 season and worked for ESPN as an analyst until he took the Cubs job in 2020. Oh, I could have right. swore that, like, honestly, I was thinking f- I was thinking for sure that he worked within the organization for a bit until 2019 because I only remember him working no, no, as an analyst no, for one season. That's, that's right. just, no, but he, Kelly's right. Um, but I don't know why my mind, I thought he was only an analyst for like half a summer. That's where, that's where mine was at. No, in that conversation. That, that's what uh, he, my, my point was, uh, and Kelly's right because yeah. I he was a good analyst. I liked him as an analyst. Yeah. Um, he was really good at that, but I remember he would do a lot of Cubs games, but my point was, is he had no coaching experience. Yeah. Now I get it, right? He's a catcher. Half of catching is managing players yeah. and and the lab. But thank you, Kelly, yeah. for that. But that's what my point was too. Although I mistakenly said immediately in that yeah. that he had no coaching experience. Like they yeah. should have put him on the bench for two or three years, then offered him the managing yeah. job. Um, but he's right. The the relationship between the pitchers. But he still knew some of them. Is yeah. the is the issue that yeah. I. Um, okay, total anyway, segue. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure Thank I got you, was clarified. Kelly. Yeah. Um, but back to Nino. So I don't. I, I mean, we're all speculating, but he wants to be here. I think. I think the Jets want him to be here, and I don't. You know, the the positive. If you're a Jets fan and you like Nino Niederreiter and you want him to be here long term, then that's the positive. Is he's not sitting there going, "Well, wait, I'm going to see if I can get seven million dollars over two mm-hmm. years, get fourteen million over." Or like he's not. But it is going to cost between four and five, I think, and and the five could be on term. Yeah. But I think that's what the jets do. The jets have another player they've brought to Winnipeg that wants to stay. Yeah. Apparently. So then you got to give them some term. And I have no problem with the Nito Nito rider term of, you know, I remember when they lost Michael Froelich to the flames and the jets had offered a four year deal and the flames kicked in a fifth year deal. Um, and I was just like, at the time with the cap, you can't pay a third liner that much money, that much term. Yeah. And that deal did not age well after three years. No, it, it didn't. It, he was a healthy scratch for a lot of it, and they couldn't mm-hmm. move him. I think it's a different story with Nino Niederreiter, and I think the fact that he's got some chemistry here. The other part of this is Adam Lowry's not going anywhere. I would highly doubt Mason Appleton's going anywhere. Nope. 
But Adam Lowry is not going anywhere. And if those two have chemistry and you can, much like why you locked up Adam Lowry, is if you know what your bottom six or your third line is going to be and have faith in it, then lock them up. Yep. Because those guys aren't changing, right? Adam Lowry's not going to become a 40-goal scorer. But you know what you're going to get from him night in, night out. And you know what you're going to get from him for the length of the term. And Nito Niederreiter is in the same ilk in my mind. Mason Whatever you yeah. sign him for, you know what you're going to get from him over the next four to five years. I also remember Mason Appleton's in the same boat, too. Mason's got two more years, one year after this one, 2.16 uh, mil. And then, uh, and then of course, Niederreiter's at four. And then Adam Lowry's got three years, uh, two years da- after this one. I might dare, dare say this. You've not seen the ceiling of Mason Appleton yet. <laughs> Have we not? And I, I talked about, I was fortunate enough to be asked to be on the Legal Curve Hockey Show Saturday mm-hmm. morning. 27-year-old? And we talked Mason about Apple. this. He's 27 years old. Um, there were some Jets fans that weren't happy he got bumped up to the first line. And I made the point of, I don't understand that. They've played together before, last year, and it went okay. So they took a hunch and put him up there again. What's lost in the conversation of Appleton going up to the first line is it lasted a game and a half. So I'm not going to begrudge a coach and go, oh, that was a dumb move. He made a move. It didn't work out. So he put the guy back. And what's lost in the conversation is he tried it for a game and a half and then rectified it. Uh And what he rectified has been outstanding. People aren't talking, should be talking about Mason Appleton's season so far. They shouldn't be talking about his game and a half on the top line. He's been fantastic. And I don't think the ceiling's been reached. I think he could get 15, 20 goals. Yeah, well, I think he's certainly capable of of hitting close to twenty. I don't think that's great. In, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. That's for sure. Um, I mean, he would he would still have to. Well, no, I, I don't think it's that crazy. I really don't. I mean, let's take a look at his stats right now. Mason Appleton, pull it up here. Um, he's got three goals, uh, six assists, nine points in the first eleven games, plus four. Yeah, just tw- like he's he's certainly on on pace to to hit that number. Um, like he had 17 points in 49 games in Seattle. Yeah. He had 25 points his first, his, uh, third year here, 25 points, 12 goals in 56 game season. He's on pace for about 24 right now, which I, I think would, would likely slow down. Yeah. I think he's got a couple 15 to 20 goal seasons in him and, and maybe a 40 point season. Yeah. I keep saying there's a 40 point season in Adam Lowry's future as well. But the point is, is this line works. You know what they have. Lock him up, right? It's the Brendan Tanev deal in Pittsburgh. He signed that six-year deal for $21 million, left, and everybody said, but has Brendan Tanev's game changed at all? He's in Seattle now and injured, Mm -hmm. but that was three or four years ago. What you get from Brendan Tanev is what you signed him for. He's still doing it, and I think Nino Niederreiter and Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton would be the same. Quick thought here. Uh, Brendan Dillon, another UFA uh, and Dylan DeMello, um, another uh, UFA, and then Laurent Brassois is running out those those four guys. Um, what do you do with Dylan DeMello? As a right shot, I don't think that there's a replacement right now. I think Dylan DeMello is a guy uh, that you keep. And I understand that Brendan Dillon is coming off a mammoth three-point effort. The first three points in his NHL career in a game, first multi-goal game, uh, but Brendan Dillon, I know he brings a lot of intangibles. He's such a nice guy and all that sort of thing. But is there a replacement on the left side for him? Well, it I depends mean, on how much the cap goes up. I mean, they have $1.5 million in cap space right now. 
Um, well, I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, you, you're going to have to pay Hellebuck more, Shifley more next year. Yeah. Um, if you keep in, uh, uh, you know, need a rider, he's certainly going to need a raise. Well, here's the thing is, is you've got Vili Hainola who is going to make the team this year. Um, Cole Perfetti needs a contract next Declan year. Declan Chisholm is with the team. He's just not playing. Um, I don't see them keeping both of these guys. But I also don't see them cashing in big time, if that makes sense. Yeah. What I'm saying is, like, um, Dylan DeMello right now is making $3 million. I think you're going to have to give him three and a half. Yeah, it wouldn't be that you big know, of a raise, yeah. Maybe he'll sign for another three years at three. But, again, who do you, he's 30 years old, right? Brendan Dillon's 32, 3.9. At 32 years old, even 33, there are teams that are going to give him $5 million per year. You think so? I, I do. It might be Anaheim. Yeah. It might be Arizona. But and then it's a it's up to him to say how much, you know, at 32 years old. But again, I think he wants to win. They like it here. I just I see these guys getting raises, not massive ones though. Like I don't think Dylan DeMello is going to go from 3 to 5 million dollars. No. No, he would be around. It's I would think 3 he to would be 4 number, and you're yeah. going to have to keep him in that and if you like what he's doing and and want to keep him here. But to me, Cam, it's all what the organization thinks about who's ready because as yeah. you said, Hellebuck, Shifley are going to start making more. You've got to look at Ehlers and and um Perfetti's going to need a new contract end of the year. That's not going to be a massive Perfetti, hit, but it's it's likely going to be a bridge deal, but it's Alex, I follow like one of these guys has to go. And to me, where they have depth coming up is on D. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. We'll continue this conversation. 204-780-6868. Got some text messages and some love for Nino. We'll get to that when we come back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the show. Final segment. This texture says the line, that line, neither need a writer, Adam Lowry and Mason Hamilton isn't number three. It starts. It's currently the most trusted. Yeah. We've got some texture that says that's not the third line. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, lines are. Yeah. No, the first line is Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley and Gabe Velarde when he comes back. That's the yeah, top line. They're, they're sometimes playing the most, which and often sometimes, dictates, but, but isn't they're that not kind the of, first. Yeah. Like, lines are always, I mean, people always say this, these lines, that line is, lines are lines, and, and I know people hate sometimes category and first, second, third, and fourth, but they are. That's the... Yeah. Isn't this what the Winnipeg Jets want to when the first line isn't going? Yes. Wasn't this a problem? Is when the first line is slow, which I think they've been slow over the last little bit. They certainly have been contributing offensively as as at a high at as high of a pace as they were to start the year. Uh, but isn't this the whole point of this the the change in depth and adding more depth is when that top line quote unquote isn't performing? You have a line like the third one that steps well, up. Well, and Paul Maurice used to say all the time, like people used to ride. Why you keep riding the Wheeler Shifley line? Why do you? Can't? And I would always argue, well, game management. If you need a goal, I'm not playing the third line. I'm not playing the fourth line. Yeah. So in the third period, if I'm tied or need a goal or down one, I'm playing my. Now you can play everybody, right? You can go into the eight, seven, six minutes left in the third if you need a goal, and you can roll the three lines. The Anaheim Ducks on a heater, Jim. 4-2 win over the Golden Knights. Got 10 seconds. Wow. 7-4 and something on the season. Just... I didn't see it coming. What's going on there? But again, for every Anaheim, there's a Edmonton Oilers. What's going on there? (laughs) (laughs) They're playing the Canucks tonight. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.